Welcome into the latest episode of the College Football News Podcast. I'm Nick Shepkowski alongside Pete Futek, ready to talk some Michigan Wolverines. Got an expert coming on to talk about them, none other than Isaiah Hull from WolverinesWire.com. Talk to him in about five minutes or so. Scott Steen, the lead handicapper at WinnersAndWiners.com. He'll help us make some Wolverines projections for the 2019 season before too long as well. Pete, you say Michigan Wolverines and it's either love or hate as 2019 approaches it doesn't seem like there's a team that has much of a middle ground can I do both can I, I can I, I hate all things Michigan mainly because all my dearest friends in the world went there and they're annoying and they're Michigan because they believe that they actually are the leaders and the best of things uh, but I have somehow turned into the Jim Harbaugh Michigan apologist I don't know where this came from I don't know who I am I don't know what I'm all about but I have said from the last few years, I know he can't beat Ohio State. I know that they've had problems, but they've won 10 games uh, in three of the last four years. That's far better than anything that's happened in the decades before under Brady Hoke and Rich Rod and all the issues that they had. And now I think that this is going to be their year. I'm going to make this happen. Just like I for several years, I said Michigan State's going to the Rose Bowl until it happened. I'm going to keep saying that Michigan State is, or I'm sorry, Michigan is going to the college football playoff until it happens. I'm going to make it happen myself. Yeah, okay. And until further notice, I'm just going to call him Jim Carbaugh just because just like his man Lloyd Carr doesn't know how to beat Ohio State until further notice. That's what I'm sticking with. Kid won a national championship there with your Lloyd Carbaugh. Half of a national championship. Let's not stretch it too far. Scott Frost would have run all over that Michigan team. Let's not try to twist the past and twist the history just because Charles Woodson turned out to be an NFL legend. But I digress. The 2019 Michigan Wolverine Last year, they started shaky. They had the loss in South Bend against Notre Dame to start the season, and then they turned into America's darling, America's sweetheart, really up until that November, late November game against Ohio State where they get run out of the horseshoe. What's different about this Michigan team from a year ago? Their uh, offense is going to be a whole lot better and sharper. Uh, Shea Patterson's in his second year with the program now. That uh, that receiving core that str- that was okay for the last couple of years is now matured. It's awfully talented. They do lose some superstars on defense. And what else has changed is that Ohio State might not be as good. I mean, forget the fact that they lose Urban Meyer. Obviously, Ryan Day's a good head coach, but he's not Urban Meyer right away. And let's not just assume that we got the next Lincoln Riley on our hands. And I'm not 100% sold that just Justin Fields can actually play that well, at least right out of the gate. So this is kind of the year. I know they got to still deal with Michigan State. They still got to deal with Penn State. Got to go to Wisconsin. Got to deal with Notre Dame. Most of those games are at home. The defense is still going to be great. The offense, I think, is going to be even better. And they're due. I just, I just think it's one of those things that they are due to be stronger. Yeah, they are definitely due. They've been due for seemingly two decades now to win one of those big games, to put one of those big games away. At Wisconsin, kind of a test in mid-September. But they get through that game, and it's a team that you're looking at is pretty much certainly starting 6-0. and The other tough game in their first month and a half of the year, home against Iowa. And then until that test at Penn State on October 19th, I mean, that's a team that should come out of the gate. They're going to be a top 10 team nationally in the top 25 preseason-wise. They should be sitting 6-0, and sitting pretty by the time they get to the Penn State and Notre Dame games in back-to-back weeks at the end of October, start of November. And of course, 
course, all that matters is if they go 11-0 and and get to that point against Ohio State. And there might be a chance that they get to 11-0 and and the Ohio State game doesn't matter. Because if Ohio State biffs it against a Nebraska or a Michigan State or someone like that early on, they might just be kind of Ohio State-proof, which might be what the program needs. I just think that it's one of my—it's You have to, it's not a wacky call, but I'm again, I'm going to put them in the college football playoff until it happens, and then I'm going to have to deal with all my— Dumb Michigan friends are going to yell and think they're cool because they actually got to someplace fun. Yeah, uh, we'll believe that when we see it, or at least I will believe that when we see it. Coming up next, we are going to bring in our guest, Isaiah Hole. WolverinesWire.com is the site that he operates and runs. Right after our discussion, we'll be predicting what will happen this year for the Michigan Wolverines as well. Be sure to subscribe and check out all of the collegefootballnews.com podcasts on the site, iTunes, and wherever you'd like to download and listen. And also go to sportsbookwire.com, where Few is going to be cranking out his college football predictions all season long. Like picking Michigan? Like picking Michigan, like he has made clear here today, and I'll be there to make fun of each and every one of his Michigan picks. USA Today, sports' new sportsbook wire, sports betting tips, picks, and analysis for the casual and rookie sports better. WolverinesWire.com, where you find all of your Michigan needs. Isaiah Hole operates the entire site and knows all things front and back of Michigan football. Isaiah, what's happening, my man? Well, just uh, here in the offseason, waiting uh, patiently for another, what, three, four weeks, and we get uh, Big Ten media days. It's um, it's coming pretty quickly. Uh, we're under 70 days here now to... Uh, college football season closer to the uh, the football season than we are to the spring game in the past. So kind of amazing. So what's your general sense that you're getting from the Michigan fans at this point? Uh, Is it kind of, okay, this team is good, but uh, we still need to see what's going to happen. Is it kind of a joyful anticipation? Are they nervous? Like what would you get the general sense of Michigan football fans going into the season? As far as fans are concerned, I feel like there's a somewhat of a little bit of an apathy to some degree because just how things went last season. Uh, it, obviously, losing to Notre Dame to start out the season put a bad taste in everyone's mouth, but they rattled off 10 wins, <laughs> but then get blown out in the last two games. Uh, if they were able to do something in the bowl game, which I think they would have if they would have been full strength, and when you lose uh, three of your best players uh, going in and two of your most important players, I think that chances are you're probably – not going to be able to do a lot of that you want to do, but fans don't necessarily look at it that way. They just see the the scoreboard, and I think that they, you know, they're they're cautiously optimistic about the majority of the schedule. But then you get to games like uh, you get to games like Wisconsin on the road. I think that uh, despite that, I'm not personally very big on Wisconsin right now because I think they're ton- got tons of questions. Penn State on the road, same deal. Uh, I think that. Uh, Fans are a little bit leery of those, but on the converse side, uh, all the big games are at home. I think fans are pretty confident that they'll be able to beat Michigan State again. Uh, then it's uh, the big question is what happens with Notre Dame and Ohio State. And uh, I think that people are going to be somewhat shell-shocked going into the Ohio State game, even if Michigan is 11-0, going into that game just because of what happened. But guess what? It's a new year. It's a new coach with Ohio State. Uh, they lost a ton of really good players. Some people that they really relied on last year. They have a quarterback that hasn't uh, that that has not been proven despite being a five star. And uh, but I think fans are pretty optimistic on what the offense is going to be able to do for the sake of Josh Gaddis leading the charge. Uh, you have that going for you. You got Shea Patterson coming back. Uh, but 
the same time, I don't think there's as much excitement about a guy like Shea as there should be uh, among the fan base, just because the most popular guy in Ann Arbor almost always tends to be the backup, and uh, Dylan McCaffrey tends to get a little bit more pub than Shea in a lot of ways. But uh, nonetheless, the way I see it is everything is kind of in uh, Michigan's corner. Everything's going, you know, Right if not there. this, yeah. If not this year, when? So, like to your point, like you're right. Wisconsin doesn't have a quarterback yet. Penn State doesn't really have a quarterback yet. Can Justin Fields actually play? We're not quite sure of that yet. And if he does, they might lose a couple games uh, before getting to that game in Ann Arbor. What I need your help on here, and again, I am a believer that Michigan's going to the college football playoff this year. I need a talking point for you when I'm getting, I'm trying to fight through the uh, the, the people out there who say, well, if they can't beat Ohio State again, then, Mich- then they might have to move on from Jim Harbaugh or he'll be on a hot seat. I'm like, no, they won 10 games in three of the last four years. And if if it's not Jim Harbaugh, what's your plan B? And if Cliff Kingsbury can go from Texas Tech to Arizona, then Harbaugh could get the Dallas Cowboy gig in a heartbeat. There's not moving on from Jim Harbaugh. This is actually sort of working pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think fans will be essentially done with Jim Harbaugh if uh, if he loses to Ohio State. I think he'll lose all kind of uh, support in that light. But at the same time, yeah, I fully agree. I mean, this team, it, people forget that going into year one, 2015, uh, pretty much the consensus out there was that Michigan would be lucky if it could make a bowl game. And it won 10 games, and there have been extenuating circumstances pretty much each year. They were a, a, like act of a God weird, against Michigan State, the punt, the weird punt thing. It's a whole, whole bunch of weird things have happened uh, against Michigan over the last few years. It just yeah, doesn't mean I, they didn't I mean, happen, it, though, Pete. They did, though. They, 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 they happened. And everything, but when you look at it, like the Ohio State game in 2016, Michigan was a questionable spot away from going to the college football playoff that year. Uh, don't know how much they cared about Florida State after that. You, you lose starting quarterback Wilton State, and I know a lot of people thought Wilton wasn't very good, but I mean, I think you look at the results, you know, as far as how well the offense moved in 2016, and yeah, the, the offense wasn't moving the same in 2017 yet, but. Wilton State goes down, and we never saw an offense that had any kind of production uh, for the you know for the rest of the year. Uh, last year, I, I think you know Michigan had themselves in a spot, but you know Urban Meyer prepared more for that game. I think Michigan went in a little overconfident, kind of read, you know reading their own press, feeling the hype. Everyone picked Michigan to win that game, so I mean it wasn't really like uh, they haven't been that far away yet. Whereas when you look at the roster now compared to what the roster was and in, in, even in 2015, yeah, there, was, there ended up being 11 NFL players on that roster. But remember, going into that year, most people thought that Michigan did not have the talent to compete. And now you've got a lot of really highly touted four stars. You've got some, you know, you've got some five stars. You've got a five star coming into Daxton Hill for safety. He's probably going to play really early. They've, they've got a lot more than people want to really give them credit for, I think. And I I think it's just a matter of, are they going to be able to execute? Because they have all of the pieces, they have enough talent to make a run, and they have enough talent to get into the college football playoff. It really is just a question of, will they be able to do enough to actually do it? Uh, Because some of those games are tricky, and even ones that, you know, even I think that they'll, they'll beat Michigan State, but you never really know until that game actually happens because the years that pe- uh, people think that they're going to beat Michigan State, 2017, for instance, sometimes 
things get weird. So you never really know. Isaiah holds his name. Wolverineswire.com is the website that he runs and operates, and you can find out everything Michigan-wise right there. What's different, or how many parallels, should I say, are there between kind of the Jim Harbaugh run here four years in and what you saw from Lloyd Carr aside from the 97 season that was so magical in Ann Arbor? Um, Weirdly, I, I don't think there's a lot of parallels in the sense that Lloyd took over a team that was very well recruited by Gary Bowler, he had the really good 1997 year, and uh, as they continued to own Ohio State for a couple of years, how much of that was Lloyd and how much of that was John Cooper kind of, you know, messing himself a little bit is kind of <laughs> up for debate. But uh, under Lloyd Carr, in the, you know, in, basically Michigan was just kind of a team that you could consistently expect to go about 10-3 and three every year. And I know that's what Jim Harbaugh is doing right now, but it was a team that kind of underachieved in a lot of ways where I think he's really made a lot of players a lot better than what, what they were expected to be. And I don't think enough people are recognizing that a guy like safety, Josh Metellus, who was a two star at the time of his commitment ended up being a three star by the time he arrived on campus. He's been absolutely stalwart, right? People don't really even count guys like David Long. who went third round to the LA Rams and again, uh, NFL draft in April, uh, People don't talk about him because no one would even try to throw at him. Like, people would try to throw at Jordan Lewis, and Jordan Lewis would make big plays, but David Long didn't even allow people to do that. And he was, uh, I don't even think he was as highly rated as uh, LaVert Hill. Everyone kind of gives LaVert Hill some pub, and David Long is the one that ends up going and, you know, ends up going relatively high in the draft kind of quietly. So I think there's a little bit more consistency with where Michigan is now in the sense that. They are back at least to beating the teams that they're supposed to beat, which is something that Lloyd did, but that's something Gary Moeller did. That's something that Bo Schembechler did for the most part. Uh, and when you look at Jim Harbaugh's tenure, there are very few losses on that schedule where you say, yeah, they shouldn't have, uh, they shouldn't have lost that game. Uh, you know, I, I would probably point to uh, the South Carolina game, the Outback Bowl. The Michigan shouldn't have lost that game. Uh, they shouldn't have lost against Iowa in 2016. And... Uh, honestly, I mean, in the Harbaugh era, that might be about it. There might not be any other games that you can point to and say, like, yeah, that uh, that was a team that they shouldn't have lost. E- even Utah, to start off the Jim Harbaugh era, sort of uh, uh, wasn't turned yeah, out to be that bad. That Utah team turned out to be pretty nasty. So yeah, they've I mean, they've been really good. Really uh, they just they haven't had that Purdue ugly loss like Ohio State had. They didn't have the Iowa ugly loss. Uh, that's which is what I'm trying to convince Mr. Nick here that they're close. That that's why they're. Oh, I don't doubt they're close. They're always on the cusp. That's uh, the thing. Aren't it's we about, all? It's about, aren't we all? It's about kicking the wall. All over right. So though. Isaiah, what, all right, what's going to happen this year? Put if you had to make the call right now, uh, what's happening for your uh, Michigan Wolverines this season? I, I have them going 11 and one this year. I think that the offense is. I, I know that this isn't going to be exactly with the personnel that Josh Gaddis wants to have in Ann Arbor necessarily. But his whole thing is being able to utilize the players that he has. And that's something that we haven't always seen in Ann Arbor, even in the Harbaugh era offensively. Sometimes it feels like they're trying to be a certain thing and they don't necessarily have everybody uh, that they need to run exactly what they want to do. Uh, for a couple of years, that was the offensive line. But since Ed Warner became the offensive line coach last year and started implementing the zone, obviously it worked a lot better. Uh, I, you know, they, Shea Patterson they kind of forced to be more of a pocket passer than anything. 
and now they're starting to you're starting to see start to seeing him in some games use the read option, do a couple different things that uh, that you would hope that a guy with that skill set would be deployed with. And having Gaddis, I think that that really honestly is it, he's going to utilize these players. So offensively, I think Michigan's going to take about three steps forward. Uh, defensively, I don't think they're going to miss as much of a beat. I know they're losing a couple guys. I know they're losing Devin Bush. I know they're losing Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary. Uh, they lost Brian Monet. They lost Tyree Kennel. They lost David Long. Those are, a, those are a lot of guys, but the last time Michigan lost uh, some defensive players going into 2017, they lost 10 of their starters, and they still ended up being the number one defense in the country going into the Ohio State game and I believe even to the Outback Bowl. The, way, the reason I have them going 10 and, uh, sorry, 11 and 1 is because I do think that they will be better than everyone else on the schedule personnel-wise. Notre Dame, I think they'll be even with, and I think by virtue of it being a late game in the season at home, Michigan will have something of an edge there. And I just can't be, pick them to beat Ohio State until they do it because I've, I'm tired of picking Michigan to beat Ohio State. But here's the thing. If not now, when? Because Ohio State, has, like I said before, as a first-year head coach, they lost their, their best statistical quarterback in its history. They lost three of their top flight receivers. They, we don't know what some of these guys, these five stars, are going to be. We don't know what Baron Browning is going to be. We don't know what Isaiah Pryor is going to be. You can sit there and say that, yeah, you know, guys like those and Tyreek Smith are going to be really good. Zach Harrison can come in and make an early impact. But that's all potential. Michigan's got a lot of experience, even on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, even though there's a lot of guys missing, a lot of those guys that are stepping in, Josh Ross, you know, he, he had a year of experience uh, last year. and So, I mean, he, he's a guy that uh, you can kind of count on. Uh, I think for the most part, experience tends to win out, and Michigan has that in spades. So uh, they have a chance to go 12-0, uh, and uh, but until I actually see them beat Ohio State, I really can't pick them to actually do it. Isaiah Hole, WolverinesWire.com. Awesome stuff preview in Michigan. Well, thank you very much. Joining us now, College Football News Podcast with Nick Shepkowski and Pete Futek. Our pleasure to welcome in the lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. He's Scott Steen. He's ready to talk some Michigan Wolverines. What's up, Scott? Nothing. How you guys doing, man? So far, so good. So I, I'm, I'm just going to just jump in here and just say I am going to keep picking Michigan until they actually get to the college football playoff. I've said it throughout this podcast so far that I am a believer that this is their year, that they're going to go 11-1, and they're going to win the Big Ten Championship at 12-1 and and get annihilated in the college football playoff, but they're at least going to get there. What do you say? You know what? I think if, if, any, if any year is going to be Michigan's, I think it has to be this year. They have to have as far as big power programs go, they have to have the most patient alumni anywhere in the world. Uh, he started, he's starting his, uh, his fifth season up there is Harbaugh, and he's, uh, he's never beat the dreaded Ohio State. He's never won the Big Ten East. But the gambler's fallacy is they are due. And I think you absolutely could be right. They, uh, they've got Josh Gannis calling the plays. He was the wide receiver, uh, co-offensive coordinator down there at Alabama. He's the new wonder king. And, uh, you know what? I'm, my only words is I'm not completely sold on Shea Patterson. I think he's fine. I just don't think he's elite. But I think the rest of the division cooperates. Marty, uh, McSorley is gone for Penn State. Uh, Urban Myers down is out down there in Columbus, and uh, he's got you know he's got Nico Collins back. He's got Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, hopefully, Tariq Black, Black is going to be healthy from his injuries. I think this. Is, I think you're right. I'm going to I'm going to go with you. I can't believe I'm actually going to pick him. 
But I think uh, Michigan gets it done as well. So from a a gambling perspective and a lines perspective, from what you see, are the lines always a little more skewed because Michigan fans just go crazy and over uh, over uh, invest into the make the in, to make the lines just a whole lot further off? So is there value there one way or another that there usually isn't for most other teams? You know, I, I think the value is going to be is, if there is any value on a particular price, I think it's going to be fading uh, those big schools. I think you're you're going to play. You're always going to pay a premium for your Alabamas, for your Michigans. Uh, for your elite programs like that, I think you're uh, you're going to pay a surcharge. When you pick those teams, I think you have to hunt and pick uh, and look for your value spots. I think uh, I, I do like I do like Michigan at nine and a half as far as their uh, total wins this year. I think that's a solid play. That's probably my uh, probably my one of my favorite plays in the Big Ten as far as win totals. I like Michigan on the over nine and a half. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, love Pete's it, love dancing it. over here because he's been I telling hate me. Michigan, by the way. I just think that they're going to win. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, Big 12 slash SEC guy being a, a Mizzou alum, so I hate both of them. But uh, <laughs> I, I probably. I probably have a little more disdain for the Ohio State University than I do for uh, the Maize and Blue. If it were to go wrong with Michigan, what would be the main reasons why, from your understanding? The way I look at it, it it's going to be. Uh, whether they can count on that defense to step up, and whether Shea, whether Shea Patterson really is the real deal. Like I said, I just I, there's something there's something about him. He's just he, again, he's fine. He's just not an elite guy. He's not that guy that you're ever going to just absolutely count on when the chips are down to get get down the field 80, 80 yards in two minutes with no timeouts left. I think he's fine. I think he responds well when he has good people around him. So we're just going to have to see how that wide receiver course. Um, how they do, and I want to see how Gannis does call in plays because he's he's never called plays before, so that's going to be that's kind of an unknown right there. So I think somewhere on the offensive side of the ball is probably going to be your higher variance. All right, so your call is eleven wins, and is that lost to Ohio State or is it going to be somewhere else? You know what? If we're in for a penny, we might as well be in for a pound, brother. If we pick them to win the East, you've got to pick them to get past that roadblock down there in Columbus. Uh, I think they do it. I think I think. This is this is the year. Lucy is absolutely going to hold the football. We are going to run and we are going to kick it successfully right through the uprights to a Big Ten North. I'm future. trying to tell Nick this. I can't change the future. I can only see it, and I'm seeing Michigan getting to the college football playoff and then losing by 75 to Alabama. But that's it. Hey, they're there. They're there. <laughs> It's going to make that 62-39 beat down to Ohio State look like the first half. Absolutely. Coming against Alabama. Scott, appreciate your time. As always, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com, breaking down some Michigan Wolverines. Appreciate you having you. Thanks for having me, guys.